Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. When God says to an individual, and he's come to that individual over and over again, It says, time for you to repent. It's time for you to get right with God. And this individual constantly says back to God, not interested, not me, forget it. I'm done with you. And that that line, we don't know where that is. For every individual, it's different. When they cross that line, here's what happens. God says, I'll never allow the Holy Spirit to convict you of your sin. Do you recognize and appreciate the free gift of salvation that has been given to us through Jesus Christ? Today, Pastor Mark will remind listeners that we as a people are undeserving of eternal life, so we have no reason to act entitled about it. Some people live with a mindset that they can live their whole life apart from Christ and just accept Him when they're ready. We never know when our door of opportunity will be closed for salvation. Have you committed your life to Christ today? If not, don't go through life assuming that this great gift will be available strictly on your timing. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Daniel as he begins with part one of his message, The Handwriting is on the Wall. How secure do people feel in our world today? Well, the issue is, we already know that. How secure do you feel today? Interesting in our passage, we're in the city of Babylon more than 2,000 years ago, 4,000 years ago, actually. And as you're thinking about it, when you walk through that amazing city. You can just get online and put Babylon of old and you'll, you'll see the structures and the amazing things there. Well, you're going to see today that the leadership of Babylon and all the people living there, they felt totally secure. They weren't worried about anything. Here's kind of why. The outer walls of their city were 56 miles in length. That was the protective walls. Well, it's not just their length. The walls were 80 feet thick. Think of that. Okay, let's chisel through a little bit. 80 feet thick. They were 320 feet tall. So you can understand, not only that, but there were 100 watchtowers with guards, people protecting the city. So... They thought all of that structure guaranteed security. But you'll find today in the teaching, they really weren't secure at all. Now, the book of Daniel is different than many of the books in the New Testament as far as 
chronologically just moving. You know, Jesus was here this day, and the next chapter, it's the next one, and the next one. This is different. Something else has happened. King Nebuchadnezzar, the head of that, that amazing kingdom of Babylon, has died. And during that 25 years, Nabonidus was the a relative, was the king of the Babylon empire as a whole. And his son, Belshazzar, who we'll study today, was the king of the city of Babylon. Now, Daniel, who came as a teenager, as an exile, to this, uh, this amazing world empire, is now 80 years old. And you're going to see, he had watched this city during those maybe 60, 65 years become morally bankrupt. Economic and spiritual collapse he knew was imminent. Could this, could this coming disaster that you'll see it as we finish today at Babylon, where it's no longer a country anymore, could that actually happen here in our country? We begin, all of our campuses, those of you watching online, Daniel chapter 5, verse 1. And King Belshazzar gave a great banquet for a thousand of his nobles, and he drank wine with them. Now, you're going to see often that it talks about King Nebuchadnezzar being his father. It's really his grandfather. The word was the same in their language. So he's the grandson of King Nebuchadnezzar, which started this whole thing. Now, the banquet was in honor of the great Babylonian false gods, little g. Inside the city, he was giving this amazing banquet to kind of the, the hierarchy, the thousand of the nobles, and they were honoring these gods. Now, make sure you pay attention to this. While they're partying, they know that Persia, basically the enemy, uh, is right outside those walls trying to get in. And they are so assured of their security, they're kind of mocking that nation that's trying to take over their city by having basically a, a, a party and say, we're not afraid at all. So they're drinking, they're doing all this stuff. And they say, we know you're outside the wall. You'll never get in. It will never happen. And they are simply feeling totally secure. Now, during our teaching today, the key word is the word learn. Say it with me, learn. Now, here's something that I found. Nobody knows, like 50 people claim they said this the first time. Hello. Well, I don't know what they said, but I know what they said, but I don't know who said it first. Look at this. Learn from the mistakes of others. You can't live long enough to make them all yourself. Can I hear an amen right there? Yeah. Uh, I, I know you. Have you ever said this? I'll never do that again. And what happens? Yeah. Uh, here's what happens. Uh, when you do that, you privately don't say this to other people, but you say this, you dummy. How many have called yourself a dummy before? Exactly. Some amazing principles about learning. And I'll give you four keys as we walk through. Verse two. While Belshazzar was drinking, Belshazzar was drinking his wine, he gave orders to bring in the gold and silver goblets that his grandfather, King Nebuchadnezzar, had taken from the temple in Jerusalem. When Nebuchadnezzar destroyed Jerusalem and brought all the captives to Babylon, he went in and got these goblets, which were used in, in, in the worship of the one true God. 
So that the king and the nobles, his wives, his concubines might drink from them. So you can see what kind of a party it is. It's men, it's women, it's wives, it's concubines, it's wine. It's an orgy. And it's happening all night long. And they're partying like crazy, making fun of the enemy that's outside, but also making fun of the Israelite one true God. Now remember, Israel had lots of people as captives during this time. So they were just making fun. Now, verse 3. So they brought in the gold goblets, not just to show them to the people that had been taken from the temple of God in Jerusalem. And the king and his nobles and his wives and concubines drank from them. And as they drank the wine, they praised the gods, little g, of gold and silver and bronze and iron and wood and stone. So what is Belshazzar doing? He's mocking Israel and he's mocking God by using these these vessels in a blasphemous way. Now, when you think about that, basically he's using them to worship their pagan gods, a direct insult to God himself. What was the bottom line as they're drinking this, having an orgy drinking this? What's the bottom line to this? They were saying this, the gods of Babylon are greater than the God of the Jews. Look what we have. We beat your God. First thing I want you to write today. It's a difficult one. But it's a true one. Learn. God has a limit to how far he will allow men to go in their sin. Now, God himself is a gracious God. He's long-suffering. We saw that with King Nebuchadnezzar. But the Bible teaches us there is a line. We don't know where that line is from the book of Genesis. When God says to an individual, and he's come to that individual over and over again, it says, time for you to repent. It's time for you to get right with God. And this individual constantly says back to God, not interested, not me, forget it. I'm done with you. And that that line, we don't know where that is. For every individual, it's different. When they cross that line, here's what happens. God says, I'll never allow the Holy Spirit to convict you of your sin. See, now most people think, I'll come to God whenever I want to. No, the Bible doesn't teach that. You can only come to God when he touches your heart. Well, what kind of a God is that? A very fair God. So when these people say, I'm not interested, God says, okay, I get it. You want to serve? You want to live this life here without me? You will live your life without me forever in hell and eternity. You say, well, what kind of a God is that? A God who says, don't go too far. Now, we don't know where that is. And hopefully none of you ever get close to the line. I don't want to ever get close to that line. Do you want to get close to that line? Let's see how close I can get. How stupid is that? So here's what God is saying. Belshazzar, you've crossed the line. You've crossed the line. You've gone too far. You're mocking me for your dead gods? Look at the next word, Daniel chapter 5, verse 5. What's the first word? Suddenly, boom, the fingers of a human hand 
appeared and wrote on the plaster of the wall near the lampstand in the royal palace. And the king watched the hand as it wrote. Suddenly, suddenly is often the way God's judgment comes. Nobody expected this. We don't expect it. But God had warned this nation over and over and over. Learn how to worship the one true God. What do we have as warnings? The word of God. The Bible is filled with warnings about end time things, about your life. We'll see that. And and we should always be ready to be right with God. That's a loving God. He warns us. Now, there's a point in time when we use this term accountable. A lot of people don't like the word accountable. But you're going to see in the teaching today, all of us are going to be held accountable for our actions in our hearts. Every single one of us. Now, if you tell people today that are not Christians, and some of you might be here in our campuses in Vieira, Sebastian, online, and you're kind of making fun of this already. Well, that's a normal reaction. Yeah, there's a God coming. Uh, yeah, for sure, at the end of the earth, uh, at the end of my life, uh, I'm, I'm just going to be a piece of dirt down on the ground and go back to whatever. It's over with. It's finished. No, 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 you're wrong. And suddenly, judgment will come, and it's too late for you. You, you see, if you die before you've accepted Jesus Christ, you have no chance of changing that after you die. It's over. So that word suddenly. Now look what the scripture says. First Thessalonians 5, 3. All of our campuses. When people are saying everything is peaceful and secure, then disaster will fall on them as, say it with me, suddenly as a pregnant woman's labor pains begin. Look at the last line. And there will be no escape. See, there's a time coming when you've made the decision, that's final. God didn't make it. You made it. Well, Pastor Mark, why are you talking about that? Because you need to understand, suddenly he's coming. That's why the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Get right with God. Now, look at Hebrews 9.27. And just as each person, talking about believers and unbelievers, Everyone is destined to die once. There is no truth at all that you can come back, keep coming back till you get it right or whatever, or you go in the ground. No, you will die once. And after that, there's something after that, the judgment. So here's the next thing you want to write this morning. Learn a judgment day is coming for all people. You want to be ready for the judgment day. Well, all the attention was on the king, but suddenly his attention is on the hand writing. He'd never seen anything like that. We don't see that anywhere else in the Bible, but suddenly it happened. Now, his face turned pale and he was so frightened that his knees knocked together and his legs gave way. See, this pride, bold king thought, I'm in control. When he saw that hand, this is the quickest on record since day one of sobering up from being drunk. (laughs) Some of you try, you know, raw eggs and all kind of stuff. This is the quickest baby right here. 
He's in a panic. His heart's pounding. And here's a king who's, I'm in control. And what's happening? My knees are uncontrollable knees. It's a picture of God saying, really? You're in control? Stop your knees. I I can't stop my knees. I can't stop my knees. What is God saying? You're not in control. You have no clue what's happening. See, God was trying to make a point. The focus is no longer on you. The focus is on the hand. You're prideful. The focus is no longer on you. It's not about you. And so as you walk through it, he instantly knows that the writing on the wall coming from God is a warning to him. Now, verse 7. So the king called out for the enchanters, the astrologers, all these wise men of Babylon. And he says to them, Whoever reads this writing and tells me what it means will be clothed in purple and have a gold chain placed around his neck. And he will be made the third highest ruler in the kingdom. Look at verse 5. Then all the king's wise men came in, but they could not read the writing or tell the king what it meant. Just say with me this morning the word stupid. Stupid. This is the grandson of King Nebuchadnezzar. How many times did King Nebuchadnezzar call these same turkeys in? And how many times did they give him anything? Zero. For sure, grandfather said. Now, look, when, when you get a chance and, and you have a question, don't call these idiots that I've hired as wisdom guys because they're clueless. So what has he done? He never learned from his grandfather. That's why he's stupid. He calls them in together. And notice, when this happens, I just wrote this in my notes. All the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Belshazzar back together again. <laughs> See, he just didn't get it. Look at verse 9. So King Bel- Bel- Belshazzar became even more terrified, and his face grew more pale, and his nobles were baffled. Nobody, nobody is knowing what's happened. These guys that are supposed to be wise, they don't know. The nobles are going, what's happening here? What's this hand all about? And the queen... Hearing the voices of the king and the nobles came into the banquet hall and said, Oh, king, live forever. Don't be alarmed. Don't look so pale. There is a man in your kingdom who has the spirit of the holy gods in him. Now, they didn't understand that Daniel had the spirit of the one true God, the Holy Spirit, which every Christian has. In the time of your father, uh, grandfather, he was found to have insight and intelligence and wisdom like that of the gods. King Nebuchadnezzar, your grandfather, your, uh, the king, said, I say, I appointed him chief of the magicians, enchanters, astrologers, and diviners. Because he's the only one, Dan's the only one that could ever give me answers. This man, Daniel, whom the king called Belteshazzar, was found to have a keen mind, all of this given by God, knowledge and understanding, the ability to interpret dreams, explain riddles, solve difficult problems. Call for Daniel, guaranteed. He will tell you what the writing means. So Daniel was brought in before the king, and the king said to him, Are you Daniel, one of the exiles some 55, 60 years ago, my father the king brought in from Judah? I have heard that the spirit of the gods is in you, and you have insight and intelligent and outstanding wisdom. And the wise men and enchanters were brought in before me to read this writing. Tell me what it means, but they could not. Look at verse 16. Now I have heard that you are able to give interpretation, solve difficult problems. If you can read this writing and tell me what it means, you will be clothed in purple and have a gold chain placed around your neck 
and you will be made the third highest ruler in the kingdom. Now, we don't know in verse 17 how Daniel answers this, what his inflection was. It could be something like this. Then Daniel answered the king, keep the gifts to yourself. I'm not interested in them. No, that wouldn't be wise. He was a wise man. He probably just said it like this. King, thank you, but really, no thank you. You can just keep the gifts to yourself and give the rewards to someone else. I'm not interested in them. But nevertheless, I will read the writing for the king and tell him what it means. What do you see at an 80-year-old man? You see integrity. Daniel is saying, even though the king doesn't get it, you can't buy me. What I can do is a gift from God. Why would I accept money for it? I'm not interested in your gold. I'm not interested in your power. I'm not interested in any of your rewards at all. You know, that's a big thing in churches in our world today. Notice what Paul would have to write in the New Testament. Look at 2 Corinthians 2.17. Vieira, Sebastian, look at Unlike so many, we do not peddle the word of God for profit. On the contrary, in Christ, we speak before God with sincerity, like men sent from God. What Daniel was doing is the same thing Paul wrote about. He says, people sometimes use the pulpit and churches and Christian TV to try to manipulate people to give and offer them all kinds of false things. If you give a $1,000 gift seed today, your grandson will become a Christian by Tuesday of this week, guaranteed. And people send their money in like crazy. Paul says, no, 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 no. We, we don't peddle the word of God. Now, as a young man, my dad was a pastor. You know, my grandpa, I never thought I'd ever be a pastor. But I watched my dad and I learned. And this is the way I've been raised and this is the way I teach all the pastors here. You know, we're just like you. We're exactly like you. And so we don't try to be prideful. We don't try to buy a $200,000 car and sit out in the parking lot. People are, man, who owns that car? Oh, that's the pastor's. No, we're just like you. And in our homes, just nice home. You can have a nice car. You can have a new car, whatever. We, we do that from time to time, have a nice home. But we're not here to, to tout ourselves. We're here to simply teach the word of God. And so we have to be humble. We're all equal. We're all equal. And when you see this happening, I think it's an important thing that you know every one of the pastors has been taught the same thing. You're not special. You're just a servant of God. Don't be prideful over the people. We're just like you guys. Well, look at verse 18. O king, now watch how Daniel always points to God. Most high God, big G, gave me your father, your grandfather, Nebuchadnezzar, sovereignty and greatness and glory and splendor. Learn from the mistakes of others. You can't live long enough to make them all yourself. Today, we were reminded by Pastor Mark to simply learn. Learn from parents, grandparents, friends, history. Learn from God's Word. God has a limit to how far He will allow men to go in their sin. There comes a time when He says, enough. The Scripture is clear about this. So heed the words of the Bible that you might not be mistaken. Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. 
At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to the Calvary Chapel Melbourne Facebook page and Twitter feed, or simply search for Calvary CCM on Facebook or Twitter. We even have a specific Facebook page for the Vieira campus. Simply search for Calvary CCM and you'll see the Vieira Campus Facebook page in the search results. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Again, our web address is LessonsForLivingRadio.com. How does pride affect our ability to learn? In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will warn listeners of the dangers that pride can have in one's spiritual walk. A prideful person maximizes self and minimizes God. Pride thinks, I've got this on my own, but that route will always end in disaster. Use your God-given humility today and be teachable to the things that God or others might be speaking to you. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting